by the time you hear this podcast, you would have already seen the BET Awards. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I want to start each episode. By the time you hear this podcast, something would have happened already. So we are recording this on the night of the BET Awards. Um, there's supposed to be a Prince tribute. I've already lowered my expectations considering um, the Michael Jackson tribute on the BET Awards. Oh, yeah. Which was rushed because it was like two days later, two mm-hmm. days after his death. But even with having two months preparation, I'm still going <laughs> to lower my expectations. Who are some of the people they've got doing it? It was like Janelle Monet. Um, that's the only name that I know of right off the top of my head. Huh. Okay. Maybe Beyonce's a part of it. I'm, I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, I've lowered my expectations. And plus, like, I don't know anyone who's really done a Prince tribute, even when he was alive. I don't know anyone who's done a Prince tribute well that he might could appreciate. Because every time you see somebody performing one of his songs and the camera cuts to him, he just has this like, <laughs> what are you doing? Look on his face. <laughs> it's just like, does not approve. I think like Alicia Keys is doing a song. She was climbing up on her piano and he's like, what? what is- Stop it. What is he doing? Um, I would yeah. be curious to see what he thought of. Did you ever hear Incubus's cover of "Let's Go Crazy"? I've heard it. I don't know what he thought of it. That's I'm curious. It's well, uh, you know, the only the only time I think some he may have liked something that uh, like an artist did one of his things is uh, the Foo Fighters, Darling Nikki. Yeah, because yeah. when he performed the Super Bowl, he did the best of mm-hmm. you. I thought that was pretty cool. I felt that was a, a tribute to them. Yeah. So I, I think he, he he appreciated their efforts. Yeah. Um, I, but BET was not going to call them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would almost maybe assume that really Dave Grohl is probably the closest thing that rock music has to um, to a Prince, really. Um, he went in and in for terms the first of album, he played everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On the I first mean, that was the Foo Fighters was... Dave Grohl, like he did everything. <laughs> so I guess that's almost the closest thing you have, really. And I, I mean, I've heard to this day, he still will write all of the parts for everything and just like give it to the band to learn. Like he still writes the drum parts for Taylor Hawkins, just gives them to him and like, yeah, these are your drum parts. Well, I mean, that's that's how it's that's how it started. I mean, the, yeah. the Foo Fighters is Dave Grohl. I mean, yeah, people know Taylor Hawkins' names, but as a, I am a fan of them. I don't know the other guy's names. So. Uh, I think I know Chris Shiflett. I think he's the guitar player, but I could be. I'll wrong. take your word for it. I know they brought. I do remember Pat Smear because um, his name sounds close to Pap Smear, and um, I remember when I first started getting into them, he was leaving the band, and then he came back. So I remember that much. Because and I also liked his guitar. I think he played like a really nice Gibson SG back in the day. All right, so okay, we got the volume coming up a little bit. So this is the by the time you hear this podcast, and in this podcast, we're going to take um, basically it'll be our perspectives on different um, different parts of the music industry, whether it's the music itself, um, how the record companies operate, or you know how how stuff gets played on the radio. It's interesting to me, like what make like, for example, 
I don't think we'll talk about this right now, but for example, why on pop radio stations, is it like the same 10 to 15 songs all day for weeks or months? And it seems like everyone's okay with that. Yeah. (laughs) No, pop. Yeah. And especially top 40 radio um, playlists have gotten smaller over the years. Yeah. Um, to where, you know, it's not like you don't think you're hearing the same song over and over. You are hearing the same song over and over again. But sometimes you will hear like the a radio station will push a certain artist. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like during the time where, you know, driving for Uber, you know, um, just so I wouldn't have to hear customers ask to use the aux cord. <laughs> um, I would just put on the radio and I, you know, we live in Atlanta. So I put on Q100 and this was right when um, uh, Adele's hello came out. But like after like a couple weeks, mm-hmm. uh, they started playing when we were young the same station. Like they just started pushing that one out there too. Um, and that's an, uh, that can bring up another topic we could discuss. Adele is, is having all this success on the charts with ballads. Yeah, no, that, that blows my mind as well. She is literally defying the norm. Like it with everyone else. It's gotta be something you could play in the club. Yeah. Like, all right. So have you heard the new James Bay single? Um, let it go. Uh, who? James Bay. I uh, know. We can. We can. Yeah. We can listen to it a little it's bit. It's a. It's a. It's a. You got to find the original version because they've redone it for the radio with the beat, and that really kind of disappoints okay. me. Uh, I've heard the original version, mm-hmm. and if it comes up, we'll play it. It is a long intro. So now for the radio, they've sped it up and they put a beat behind it. Walking home and talking low. Because I just gotta get in the clubs. See your shorts and evening clothes with you. And we're gonna see if we can find the single version. Oh, is it the Jack Stedman remix? Oh God, I don't know. Let's check let's, it out. Let's find out. Let it go, the Jack Stedman remix. <laughs> oh, what's, I've never heard this. The new Jack Swing remix. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, that doesn't sound like it either. Um, so. But it kind of goes to the point you're making. Yeah. Though, like Adele is immune to 
we have to play this in the clubs and in, in the dance clubs and in the bar scene. Like, and it's it was even crazier is like you could play this at a show. Like I know I've played this at a show with Chris before, and like people they're they're cool listening to it. It's not like they don't want they don't have to get up and dance to it. They're just like, oh yeah, it's that Adele song. That's awesome. And it's just I don't know. Like I do find that a little odd. I, I'm now obsessed with trying to find this. Okay, hold on. The up tempo radio version. Yeah, this that's probably it because the tempo is significant. Coach, am I ready? Don't mind the ad. This is YouTube. It happens. It ain't free, people. All right, let's try it out. Notice that a lot. It it is faster. It is faster. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. Because imagine me. I was like, oh man, this song's doing well, and it's in the charts, and it doesn't need it. We need more college students picking up their first guitar and going over to the coffee house to play this song. I'm mad it's my segment. He looks like a skinnier John Mayer to me. So come on, let it go. Just let it be. Why don't you be you? He's got the vest with the, with the hat and everything. Okay. He's British, but he looks like he's in Montana. <laughs> he's got that look going. All right. So, um, yeah, so that will be another topic idea. Uh, ballads on the Billboard Hot 100 uh, compared to everything else. Yeah. Um, we also consider how genres have changed, like country sounding like trap music yeah <laughs> florida georgia i blame them and i blame them for that <laughs> when they recruited nelly for the remix and they were like oh we can we can do this now like uh, like what happened to like what happened to country like this is why garth brooks doesn't play country anymore because they'd be like he's too country like no he he's he's, he's regular country, country. he's not regular country, country. <laughs> <laughs> oh god Yes, yeah, that's. That, I'm not gonna lie. That is kind of getting getting annoying. Um, whenever I, I I do turn on like a country station, every now and then to hear what's going on, and I'm just like I don't recognize it. Like you'll hear like maybe one song that stands out. That's like a throwback to country music, how it was hell just like ten years ago, and then you hear the people who are like, and it, and it's almost like country music music has turned into like what rap music was about ten years ago, where all they did was rap about partying. And getting drunk in the club, like they just do it at their house. They're rapping about house parties, and they're rapping about going down to like you know, let's go down to the lake and get drunk. And it's like it's you know, it's the same thing basically, same thing, different genre. Just trying to find ways to party. Your VIP is like you know, the bed of a truck, as Florida Georgia Line sings about. That sounds like perfect music for where we went to college. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going down to the West lake. Georgia. Yeah, the lake at night (laughs) um so uh those are that's kind of the idea of what you what um of what this podcast would be about uh tonight we can talk about in our first episode is just how we are viewing or how we're listening to music uh what kind of music we listen to how we find it um or discover it 
but more in a Christopher Columbus kind of way <laughs> of discovering. Um, we're not killing anybody or bringing diseases, but we're, we're claiming to discover something that's already been there. <laughs> been here for years. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll ask you this, Ben. And, you know, if like this doesn't have to be like me interviewing you or, or anything. You, you're you. a co-host on this. No, I got you. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so there are questions you, you can you can ask me, too, if it, if it comes up. But I do want to ask you this. What? Uh, OK. In, on your iPod or in your iTunes or Spotify or Pandora, whatever you use, what are we most likely to find in your collection and what helps you what what determines what's a, a good song for you what's worth listening to like maybe putting on repeat listening to it four or five times in a row or at least adding it to a playlist you've been building it's a good question and it's i'm actually opening it up right now to see what i've been listening to because like everything that i really love gets put on my starred playlist and if you go back if you go way back on spotify they used to have a starred list like yeah. that's what now, now it's with. I think it's saved. Yeah. But adding something to the start, it, it's it's different. But I yeah. get what you're saying. I mean, like one of my favorite songs right now is Speeding by Lights. I think she's a Canadian pop artist. Um, I really like that song. Um, I really think just like as far as like I look for melody. Um, I look for melody. I look for a chord progression that moves me. I look for, you know. Um, I, and I look for the right type of singer, you know, like, and I don't know, maybe you can relate, like, it doesn't always have to be the best singer, but it needs to be the right singer. Like, I couldn't imagine anyone else singing, um, Born to Die, um, by, um, Lana, by Del, Rey. Lana Del Rey. I couldn't imagine, our video games by Lana Del Rey. I couldn't imagine anyone else singing her songs. So it's not about who sings it. I mean, it's not about, like, you know, like, having the best singer. It's about having the right voice you know that's just kind of how i feel about music so that's what really gets me like does the voice fit um how's the melody how's the chord progression like does it create a, a feeling of kind of like you know if the subject matter is a, a serious subject matter does the the music accompanying it create an element of su a suspense if it's a happy song about like you know a beautiful day kind of like the justin timberlake song that just came out i love that song and i feel the music you know really matches what he's singing about and you know, another notch in the belt for Max Martin. Um, Max Martin. Another to another topic idea. These pop songwriters. Yeah. You may not know their names, but they are behind so many hits of the last 20 years. Yeah. I was going to say decade, but it's more than that. <laughs> I, I would go that. back 20 years for someone like Max Martin or Dr. Luke. Oh, God. Or, yeah. That guy. <laughs> That could be another topic off Dr. Luke altogether, but he's still, he still has written a lot of hits. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one thing that, that I, that I've done, like, you know, kind of what, what you listen for, I like listening for like similarities between like how, how a person writes a song, mm -hmm. uh, or what, what's in the song. Like I have, um, I started making some playlists based on, like production teams or the songwriters yeah. like i, I like have a um, i like a lot of those playlists too on spotify i have um i have so many playlists if y'all follow me follow greg hurt on spotify i have so many playlists <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ridiculous and sometimes i'm just adding songs because it fits the criteria of what i'm looking for not necessarily because i like it 
but I know that if someone looked at this playlist, it would match. Yeah, it would match mm-hmm. something, and, and they would get something out of it. So I'm I would like to fancy myself a curator <laughs> of sorts. I like that. You know, um, so you know, so it start for me when I started doing it. I started doing like one a week, yeah. one of these playlists a week over the last few months. So I started with. Um, I heard a song by Tupac. I heard a song by Tupac called Temptations. I know that <clears throat> Easy Moby produced it. And uh, so I started looking up what other songs that he produced. Oh, nice. You know, he produced Miles, da- Miles Davis's last album, Doobop, um, which a lot of people don't like if you're like a jazz purist. Mm-hmm. But if you follow Miles Davis's career, he was always trying to do something different. Um, or add something new and not just be okay. Yeah, you play the trumpet, but let me play a trumpet over a rock song. Mm. Let me play it over a hip hop song. You know, he was always like pushing himself um, to do something to be more than you know, not to be stuck. In so it's almost like a, when you heard the album, it was like a natural progression. Yeah, yeah, I like albums like that. So, like, started with Easy Mo B, then I went to Pete Rock. Mm. They reminisce over you, Pete Rock and CL Smooth. He also produced "The World Is Yours" by Nas. I love that track. Um, he produced uh, uh, what's another one? Uh, he produced uh, "Jazz." We've got "Jazz" by a Tribe Called Quest from Low End Theory. Um, he produced "Shut Him Down" by Public Enemy, one of my favorite Public Enemy songs. Nice, you know. Um, then there's Jay Dilla. <laughs> there's a term called backpackers that people may be familiar with those are the like the hip-hop fans who always look for stuff that's like underground like not really stuff that's popular mm-hmm. but it's kind of underground or people have enough people have heard of them but they're not super popular mm-hmm. but because they're not super popular that makes them better than what is mm. popular <laughs> Like there, it's kind of hip, like hipster. hipster it's, yeah, it kind of goes along with being a hipster. But these guys are more likely to be wearing a backpack, double strapping it. Makes I, make, I was wondering if that's where they got it from because I <laughs> can know. see they're probably mostly from New York. <laughs> so you have Jay Dilla, um, who uh, who produced "Running" by The Far Side. I love that song. Um, he produced uh, "Stressed Out" and "Find a Way" by Tribe Called Quest. He produced for Q-Tip. Common, I think Common's whole album B, like a lot of it, like um, is based on his his like sketches or you know mm-hmm. kind of the beats that he made uh, before he passed. Um, he's produced for the Roots and Method Man, Raekwon, Erica Badu. Okay. So, uh, but a lot of uh, like Jay Dilla is held to um, held to high regard, held in high regard. As far as his production, yeah, yes, and then you know the Neptunes. That is that is high school. That was high school when I was coming of age. That was yeah, um, grinding and and probably I, the, what I was the first one I was familiar with. Although I didn't realize actually because um, Notorious Thug, actually um, not Notorious Thug, Super Thug, Super Thug. Yeah, that was, was that was one of the first ones first, I, like I yeah, heard by them. I didn't realize it was him at the time, and that's when I started recognizing like the distinctive sound that the Neptunes oh, yeah. has, like, you know, it's a Neptune song right away. Um, there was an, a, an event like, um, I want, I want to check these out more. I just got to like make the time and make the effort. Uh, there are so many, well, I don't think there are so many, but there were a few 
and I'm following them on Instagram, a few of these like DJ crews um, in Atlanta to where they have these events and it's a, it's a themed night. Really? Like one theme night they had, okay, Neptune songs versus Timberland songs. And they'll just like mix those back and forth. I didn't go to that one, but that was a really oh, nice. That was a really great idea. They had another one where it's like Rihanna songs and Beyonce songs. I would love and to these see will be like you know dance parties. Her, um, her fans fight that out. I love to see. Her yeah, it was. Places. They had like a B for the Beehive, and they had uh, an anchor for because oh, Rihanna's fans are called the Navy. Oh my God, are they really? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um. You know, and they would like, okay, I got a Timbaland list. I have Kanye, a produced list. None of his songs that he rapped on, there may be one that he was a guest on, but these are all produced by Kanye, but he's not necessarily on the song. So it'd be like, um, Izzo by Jay-Z or Get By by Talib Kweli. Um, You Don't Know My Name by Alicia Keys. He, songs Mm -hmm. like that that he produced. Um, and the, man, and thinking back to that, like that was his style using old yeah. soul. Um, yeah, it was sped up. Yeah, samples. Um, that, yeah, that was yeah. definitely his style at the at the beginning. Because what Izzo was um, was basically um, I want you back, Jackson Five. Yeah. What sample was, did he use for you? Don't know my name. Um, I don't. Know, I feel like it was something by Gladys Knight. Yeah, we can find that really quick. Yeah, that was definitely his style. I mean, he's he's evolved now. Um. Because he always had, you know, the old soul, um, old soul songs with bongos. Kind of in the <laughs> Kanye bongos. Yeah. The Kanye bongos. You got to listen to College Dropout. Oh, maybe a few tracks over. on late registration. Maybe a little bit on graduation, too. But a lot of songs, he would put the bongos in there. Prominently featured on the... I, would, I, I just call them the <laughs> Kanye bongos. Because <laughs> I, I was, like, expecting it. Um Let's see. Okay. Actually, it wasn't um, Gladys Knight. I thought it was something by the, but it's a sample from a song called Let Me Prove My Love to You okay. by the main ingredient. Um, that was the, the major sample. Um, you know, I got, uh, and then I started getting to the 90s. Mm. So, I mean, th- that started with 2000s, late 90s, 2000s. Going back, like, not just limiting, you know, if you want to make these kind of playlists, don't limit yourself to just, you know, one genre. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I went to R&B. So then in the 90s, that's Teddy Riley. Mm. That's Babyface, R. Kelly, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Dallas Austin. The um, Dallas Austin. The Dallas Austin. Uh, I, I um, uh, basically he he created the sound of TLC or, or he, like he, he molded the sound. Yeah. I didn't well, him, was, him and Jermaine Dupree. Cause I didn't realize he was the main producer on this thing. The first Monica album. for Monica. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So R and B R and B in the nineties, specifically in Atlanta is yeah. Dallas Austin and, Jermaine Dupree, yeah. and, and Jermaine Dupree writing for, um, for crisscross, and Brat and Brat. <laughs> somebody else I'm trying to think of. But um Yeah. I know he did um he did a lot of remixes too though. Like I know he um he was a writer on Always Be My Baby with um writer and producer Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey. Um mm-hmm. 
I think he did a remix with her too. I know he did that Drew Hill remix in my bed. There's another song he did with Mariah Carey. I can't remember. Oh, you know what? It was later. He did he did Sweetheart. That was later in her career though. Okay. That well, that's was, yeah, Jermaine Dupree. Yeah, Jermaine yeah, Dupree. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't in the nineties. Um. So yeah, the like. I like making these lists because I wanted to like, okay, what do they look for? And then they started going like a little, like digging in the crate ish, <laughs> you know, um, full force. Remember full yes, force? Remember. Yeah. Full force. Lisa. Well, no, that's I'm leaving Lisa's Lisa, Lisa and Colt jam. Full force. Well, did, she, um, he, they yeah. produced for full, them. Yeah. Um, and they also in the nineties, uh, produced, or wrote All I Have to Give by the Backstreet Boys, which is really the biggest oh, song they I ever wrote. they did do that because the Backstreet Boys, that's when I first realized that they're not versatile singers. <laughs> um, they sounded extremely uncomfortable singing those verses. Like, they just couldn't, like, I don't know if it's that, like their lower register just wasn't, even, like... Even AJ, the supposed rebel of the group. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if he had a verse on that, but, like, I want to think... Boy bands, that'll be another potential topic. I think Nick sang the first voice and his voice did not, like, he sounded unsure. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, they let this pass? Like, he didn't go back and like, all right, Nick, we're going to get Brian to sing this one. Sorry, buddy. You know, good try. Give him a slap on the butt like it's a basketball game and and get him out of there and get someone who can actually sing in the vocal booth. But, like, that verse was so weak. I was so, just like, Wow. Like that couldn't pass nowadays. You get you'd get ripped apart if you did that nowadays. With all the technology we have, man, throw some auto tune on that. Like, just <laughs> do something. Like, punch in. <laughs> like, um, uh. and when I had to, I finally had to stop. Yeah. Like, okay, I've gone too far. <laughs> uh, I have a list of uh, songs written and produced by Rod Temperton, the dude who did. Um, did he work with a lot with Michael Jackson? Yes. Okay. Uh, Rod Temperton wrote uh, a lot with Michael Jackson. Did he write? Uh, he wrote. He wrote "Rock with You." Okay. He wrote "Thriller." He wrote "Off the Wall." Did he work on the Bad album at all? Um, because I want to think he wrote. Um, I don't think so. I just can't stop loving you. Oh, was that Glenn Ballard? I know Glenn Ballard wrote on uh, "Man in the Mirror," but I can't remember if he wrote on um, if Rod Temperton wrote on um. No, because I, I, I got all like this. I got uh, my list has all like the singles okay. or the major singles. So Michael Jackson, uh, he was, you know, y'all remember Heat Wave? Your parents do. If you don't, your oh, parents God. remember Heat he, Wave. He wrote that? He was he was in the band Heat Wave. He was the keyboardist for Heat Wave. Oh, like God. Boogie Nights and Always and Forever. Oh, yeah. oh, that's, oh. That's him. Okay. Actually, when you said Heat Wave, I was thinking of the song Heat Wave. But oh, no. You're talking about the group. Okay. Got you. Got you. Um, Always in. Oh wow! I, w- I was going to start a Smokey Robinson list, but that would have been too long. <laughs> I like Smokey Robinson. You should start a Smokey Robinson list. I, I, I'll, I'll need some time. <laughs> I'll need some time for that one. Um, the of Motown, man. So yeah, so um, for me, I'm like I like listening to like how songs are produced and how they how they sound and the, like the similarities and you know I I kind of start thinking about. Like, wow, how does this person um, get into like they end up getting work? All they need is one mm-hmm. hit, you know, I, another list. Because I, I just watched the documentary recently about organized noise. OK, um, check out the the documentary about them. The Art of Organized Noise. It's on Netflix. Um, those are the guys behind Outcast and Goody Mob. Uh, they produced TLC's Waterfalls, which is their biggest hit. Mm-hmm. Um 
they do feel kind of slighted about not being on speaker box love below. They, they talked about that. Mm -hmm. They weren't on that one at all. I thought they were, but you know, I didn't read the liner notes, but they, they weren't involved with that because outcast ended up producing that themselves. Um, but as far as like taking Atlanta hip hop and R and B to another level, you will look at those guys and their run was actually a lot shorter Weren't they also involved in the Set It Off soundtrack? I think so. I think they did the remix of um, Set It Off, right? The one with... um, Oh, they they did um, uh, the In Vogue song. Oh, Don't Let Go? Yes. Okay. They did that one. That's a big song. So, yeah, then the run was a lot shorter than I thought it was. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought they were were along around for a while, too, but I mean, like time honestly like around that a lot of that time kind of meshes together yeah and it's like some things didn't happen as early as i thought they did and some things didn't happen as late as i thought they did so i mean that makes sense that their run didn't last as long as we thought yeah um so yeah an organized noise list will be coming soon if you follow me on spotify. I, really, I, I follow greg on spotify and i do enjoy his list the ones i enjoy the most and talk i would love you to talk about these are what inspired you to do these the covered lists Oh yeah, there are a lot of uh, covers list, but and I have a list of like my covers that I like, but it's like a lot. That's a very long list, so I started breaking it down by artists, uh, like certain artists that are covered. It started with who did I start with? I think I started with Michael Jackson. I started with Prince. Yeah, this is that, when like Prince, like all of Prince's stuff, was on Spotify. <laughs> None of it's now. When he took all his stuff off, he took off like the major covers of his songs too. Find the recorded version of um, "Nothing Compares to You." Nothing, yeah. If you go to Sinead O'Connor's page on Spotify, that album is there. But "Nothing Compares to You" is grayed out. (laughs) It's grayed out. Can't play that one. Pirate it if you want it. Um, You know, but he left. He left some stuff. Like Mm -hmm. the list I had, it's down to twenty four songs. It was probably like. 50 songs. Well, I used to be subscribed to it, so yeah. Yeah. You know, what's well, left on lame, actually, but yeah. What's left on there that is popular that you may know is I Feel For You by Shaka Khan. Mm-hmm. That's her biggest hit. I think that was like a favor to her because that was one of her <laughs> biggest songs. And, um, you know, you wrote that, uh, there's a, um, an instrumental, like a jazz cover of Thieves in the Temple, mm. Herbie Hancock. Um, and uh, a cover of Alphabet Street by Sufjan Stevens or Suf- Suf- Sufjan? I think it's Sufjan. Sufjan. Sufjan? I can't remember. Um, I always said Sufjan for the longest. Time. Friend of mine, no, a friend of mine is a huge fan of his, and she was she's always telling me about him, and she would kill me if she heard me saying not knowing how to say his name because she's like, Ben, you have to check him out, you have to check him out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, and yeah, apparently he's really good. He's from Minnesota, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Like, I believe, like, yeah, he's he's from there. So that would make sense. He would do some Prince covers. Now, there is a Sinead O'Connor covering a Prince song. It, this was like when I, I get digging in the crate ish on Spotify. <laughs> I found this album called Purple Reggae. It's reggae covers of Prince songs. And she's on a cover of I Would Die For You. Ooh. Um, uh, is the Jordan Knight version of I Can Never Take the Place to a Man on there? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm looking at it right. Now. It's not on there. So you can go to Jordan Knight's page. That song's probably grayed out. <laughs> you know who most covered it too? The Goo Goo Dolls. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, on one of their early, early, early albums, when they were still like kind of hardcore punk. They covered it, and it's like just really sped up, and yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, um, I'll have, have to look for that one. Yeah, uh, but other other artists like it has to. I look for artists that okay, if they have this, they got to have a big enough catalog to where a lot of people would want to cover their song. So after Prince, of course, Michael Jackson, <laughs> all right, and then Marvin Gaye, and then with Stevie Wonder, and then Staying in the Police, oh, uh, Elton John. Um, I combined because there wasn't a lot. Uh, I thought there would be a lot. The Genesis. Uh, the Genesis one, yeah. but I also <laughs> added with Genesis, there's Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Um, no Mike and the Mechanics yet. Oh. But there are probably some out there. <laughs> um, All I need is a miracle. Maybe. <laughs> well, you know, Mike and Mechanics, I, I'm fairly certain, like, just within the past six months, just got on Spotify. Because the longest yeah. I couldn't find any. Yeah. It really disappointed I think me. that's why. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't on Spotify. That's why they weren't on that list. Uh, um, you know, U2, Earth, Wind, and Fire, BGs, uh, the Eagles. Mm. Also, Don Henley and Glenn Fry one on that one. I've ever seen. Uh, Hall and Oates, Coldplay. Um, even though with Coldplay, there's a Coldplay one up now. Yeah, Ooh. I have a Coldplay one. Coldplay. There are a lot of um, like if you you got to really like you really have to dig if you want to find interesting things on Spotify. You mm. really have to um, just see what other people do. Like. The the artists that you see on YouTube, the the YouTube musicians yeah. who do who have all these cover albums, like tons of I cover albums. Them, well, someone like a Boyce Avenue or uh, Alex Goot. Mm. Um, what's another one? I like Tyler Ward. Well, Tyler Ward. Yeah. Uh, if y'all remember Carmen, that's how Carmen started doing hip hop really? covers. No, I didn't know that. Okay. They, like um, I can't remember her name, but I think what kind of what made them blow up is she did. Uh, they did look at me now, like Chris Brown and Buster. And Rhymes. Did she wrap it perfectly. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. That <laughs> that's makes what sense. like that's what like um, that that was their breakthrough right there, and then they ended up getting a record deal off of that. Hmm. Um, but okay. you'll you'll find covers of some artists. A lot of times, it's going to be like what you just heard on the radio. Yeah, though. Yeah, those cover artists from YouTube are typically doing the newest stuff. They're, yeah. yeah. Um, anything like older. Um, no, I will you, say you got you got to kind of dig for those. There is a guy named um, Leo. He's a metal artist. He does covers all over. So like he'll do some new stuff, but then like he went back and did like a heavy metal cover of Push It by Salt mm -hmm. and Pepper. And then, like, when, um, I can't remember what the occasion was, but he also did, like, you know, The Power of Love by Hugh Lewis in the News. And then, like, he's got a significant YouTube presence, too. Like, he'll make the videos of him playing all the instruments and singing and everything. And it's it's really cool. Like, he's he's one of the few, like, cover artists from YouTube I've seen go all over. Like, he'll go, he'll, it doesn't matter. He'll go and cover it, and it's pretty cool. So, like, I think he also covered, like, Can't Touch This. <laughs> An informer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, that one was funny. Actually, that reminds me of like there are some like with YouTube artists. If they that when you said like there are clips of him playing all the instruments mm -hmm. as he records the song, that reminds me of Pomplamoose. Mm. Um, the first one, the first song I heard by them that they covered that went viral. They did a cover of Single Ladies, um, and it went viral yeah. on YouTube. Uh, 
and they've done uh they did a cover of earth wind and fire september mm-hmm. i think they did um uh they do a couple of mashups here and there but they have their original stuff and that led to them they did uh it was during the holidays they did a commercial for toyota like one did like a really? national commercial oh okay i think they did like their own version of like um it was like jingle bells maybe it, it was, I know it was like yeah. a classic holiday song, but they got a national commercial out of it. Uh, so that could be another topic. Like, what do the YouTube musicians <laughs> expect? <laughs> um, and then, you know, you, you, we talked about it before with Boyce Avenue. Yeah. They are huge in Europe. They've probably um, listened to it like a bona fide career. Yeah. They, they are legit in America. You may have seen their YouTube video a couple of yeah. times. <laughs> go to go to go to Ireland. Go to Japan. You know what? People know who too. they are. <clears throat> One of them has a law degree from Harvard. Like <laughs> he he left Florida, went to Harvard for law school, and came back and played bass. <laughs> he was the bass player. I'm gonna do this music thing. Okay. Yeah, basically. Um, an artist. Oh, you well, you mentioned artists that you like that does like unique covers uh there's a it's a piano player i don't know if it's pronounced l-u or elu it's spelled e-l-e-w never heard of him uh but he is a piano player and he has a he has two albums called rock jazz volume one and two Hmm. and he does it's just piano covers like um what's one that i could put on here um Okay, are you familiar with Smells Like Teen Spirit I by Nirvana? All right, here's Smells Like Teen Spirit by Elu or L-U. I'll, I'll find out what his what the pronunciation is at some point. It's just like you have to when you're trying to match on an instrument when you're trying to and I guess the technical term for this when you're trying to be lyrical with your playing you have to really get interesting Um, especially nowadays since um, the concept of being lyrical you know is a classical music thing where you know you're you're matching more intricately written melodies Mm -hmm. melodies nowadays not to insult pop music because I love it but Melodies nowadays are not as complex as they used to be. You're typically a melody written today is typically, you know, going to range four to eight bars. You know, you're not going to have a 16 to 24 bar melody. And um, and the melody that's written is typically going to be very 
sing songy. You're not going to like, you know, you're not going to jump a lot of intervals. So like you really do have to get creative with how you play them. So that's probably why he added those trills in there. It's like you got to spice this up somehow because it's not. <laughs> I mean, if you're just playing it and not singing it, it can get kind of boring. So I, I, that, the way you just spoke about that, that that's kind of why this was an interesting podcast idea to me. <laughs> Is because with Ben being <clears throat> being an actual musician, uh, I know you play at least two instruments. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many more that you may actually play. Uh, I play a few. I mean, like I'm proficient at two. Well, three really, because I mean I played trumpet all through high school. So okay, you know, guitar in college, piano in college, because they make you learn it. And and I might tell the story later. I wanted to learn how to play piano, um, and I would tell teachers like I want to learn pop piano. So I could sing to women like that. That was the only reason why. <laughs> I um, think that's why any guy picks up an instrument. Yeah, I think like that's a majority. Because it was the, like, all right, I can play this guitar for these ladies, but like when I sit down to a piano, I can I can just like bang out it, like play a song. Just like, oh my god, that's beautiful. Like I'm not even gonna lie. Like when I had at our old school where we went to, where we graduated from at West Georgia, um, and I hope to God no one hears this. Um, I had a key like to the practice room for the longest time. And so, yeah, like sometimes after class, like statue of limitations is run out. You gave the key back, right? No, I still have the key. <laughs> <laughs> they changed a the lot. I'm pretty sure. They changed um, <laughs> I would take, I would be like, you want to hear that song? Like, Oh my God. Yes. I would just take women in there and be like, I would play piano. Like, I remember I learned that song by um, Augustana Boston. And some girl in my class was like, that song's beautiful. I was like, Oh, I know how to play it. Do you want to hear it? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why. Like it's yeah, but yeah, those are my main three. I mean, I I've played bass on recordings before. I can program drums. I can't play them well enough to record them, but I mean, just all around. Like yeah, yeah. Like the and what I mean by like you know the way, the way you play with that is like I know you can provide like kind of you can, you can provide like a technical perspective of of songwriting and and playing instruments and what people can like what what you can get out of an instrument what you um what may sell mm -hmm. and what doesn't and for me i mean i'm just a, a fan who just has ears and <laughs> um <laughs> uh well ben's heard me rap before but he i think very well <laughs> that's as far as i can go we got re we got a request for the round table boys last night and I tried to bust out some, uh, some, but I couldn't. I couldn't recall my my verses. Like I started. I can't one, recall mine either. I think I have them on my computer somewhere. I still have the song somewhere. I started it, and then I like, I was like, crap, I forgot. I can't remember. <laughs> like, who 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 requested it? Matt. <laughs> Do you know them round? Only boys? like seven people have heard those songs. <laughs> who knows? We're probably like huge in like in like the Philippines. Like they've like somehow gotten somebody the pirated our our EP. <laughs> we just happen to show up and <laughs> they're like, "We found you! We found you!" <laughs> you know, I was talking to um uh, a friend of mine that he uh he he was a comedian. He had a YouTube channel. He was had, he had a following and everything, and then like things changed in his life, and he he stopped doing it and he stopped doing stand up. He's a stand up comedian. And he's like, I don't know, man, I, I was this close to being a YouTube star. I'm like, <laughs> it's not too late. He's like, I think it is. Like, he's younger than me. And <laughs> like, like, dude, no, it's not too late. That's why, like, 
you know, I think about like artists who are who are older than us Mm -hmm. are just not or, you know, started to blowing up when they were older than we are now. Mm -hmm. Like two chains is like 40 something. And he didn't start blowing up till he was like thirty seven. Because he used to be, be Tin Boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the, he had to change the name, and and everything changed. You mm-hmm. know, um, Jay Z is almost fifty, and he's still out here. Yeah. Uh, wow, how, geez, how long? How old was he? Reason about dro- think about Reason this. About out dropped. That dropped twenty, 20 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Hey, think about this, guys. Jay Z is older than Will Smith, and I think he's older than Ice Cube too. Oh God. <laughs> so. You can. St- it's not too late. Jay Z was a late bloomer. <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely a late bloomer. Definitely a late bloomer. Which is kind of sad because he was like still hustling in the streets, <laughs> like in his late twenties. <laughs> Guys, it's not too late. It's not too late. So I may be able to still get this rap girl. Yeah. No, no, not really. <laughs> well, I look at it too because I mean, if you can, if you can still look young enough and dress hip enough, you know, you can. And I, I look at that all the time. Like I look at artists to see like when did they pop. And especially like now with like the way that the industry has changed, it's like you really have to be savvy. Like you can't be just like, I can just sing. Well, what can you do you know about business? Do you know how to negotiate a deal? Do you know how to get yourself on YouTube and promote yourself? Like it's the game has changed completely. Like it's it's almost kind of intimidating, but it's like it's while it's easier to get seen, it's harder to get famous because everyone Mm. can see you like and. I'd almost say the people I feel bad for, even though I don't because they're rich, are the A&R people. I can't remember who I was talking to about this um, a while ago, but like their job can basically be done by like one person now. Like yeah. you just get on Instagram, get on YouTube and find me the next Justin Bieber. You know, it's like you don't have to go to like some smoky bar in Orlando, Florida to find, you know, Matchbox 20 or some club in Vegas to find the killers. Like you don't have to do that anymore. You know, and <laughs> Guys, this that this is another reason why the this is an interesting podcast idea to me. The topics are endless. endless. Yeah, like the being discovered on YouTube. Justin Bieber made everyone believe. Believe, <laughs> believe. He made everyone believe. If I just put stuff on YouTube. Usher's gonna find me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like. And take this little scrawny kid from London, Ontario, <laughs> which has a really nice holiday inn, by the way. I stayed there. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Random when I found that out. Yeah. I don't know if he was born yet, but. Um, yeah, it's crazy, like, how it happened. Like, just plucked him out of Canada and, you know, put some auto tune on that voice and boom, let's get the dream to write you a big hit. And, yeah. You know, and he's one of the biggest male pop stars in the world. Yeah. Um, douche and all like just, <laughs> just you know like, with with all the attitude yeah. and the amenities that go with it um you know so um i i you know i agree with you about how the process of being an artist has changed uh, as far as record companies mm-hmm. discovering talent or developing talent or how artists feel like they have to get their um get their name out there or to try to get noticed. I mean, before, you know, one of my favorite TV movies of all time. And if you don't like it, I will question our friendship. I mean, not, not towards Ben. I think, I don't know if he's even seen it, but if he saw it and didn't like it, I would definitely question our friendship <laughs> is Jackson's an American. Oh, Dream. are you kidding me? I love that movie <laughs> to me, the greatest oh, TV movie God. ever made it's a classic. or it's a toss up between the, like, you know how people have a, 
have a conversation or debate, which is better coming to America or Friday <laughs> for me. I want to have, I like to have a conversation. Which TV movie is better? Jackson's an American dream or the temptations. Oh, <laughs> both classics, <laughs> you know, both classics. Oh but man. In Jackson, American dream. Okay. Um, Joseph figured like, okay, these boys have talent. I mean, he, he pushed them to the brink of insanity, but, how do they get out there? They did all these talent shows. Mm-hmm. They, there's a scene they're performed in. They apparently are performed in strip clubs, yeah, you know, um, they're on the road out to two in the morning yeah. and they're all under 18. And Michael's you know, afraid to fly. <laughs> Michael's ready to fly, but, and they had a, had a rigorous tour schedule and everything. Mm-hmm. But before, before they got signed by Motown, they were doing, they were doing talent shows. Yeah. They were performing in malls and kind of like the, what could be your make or break was being on the Apollo amateur night. Mm-hmm. We do, we, while I still think there is an Apollo amateur night, yeah, I mean, the last time I remember like Steve Harvey was hosting it, right? Did he host Apollo? Amateur did, night? Yeah. Um, that was the last I remember. I don't know if they still do it. I, I don't know if it's televised or anything like that, but you know, I mean, we do have these shows, American Idol and The Voice and America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. But even that is. Even that's a little um, I don't know, it's not it's not like the, the pure talent show you thought it might be. Yeah. You know, there are um, I, don't, I can't remember, but I know it's like some famous singer's daughter was on American Idol or. Some fame. Well, Jordan Sparks, mm-hmm. uh, she, her dad played in the NFL for the New York Giants. Oh. I mean, I'm not saying that's some kind of advantage or yeah. anything, but, um, you know, it's not going to it, it. It may not necessarily be someone straight out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. No, no, not at all. That wins that competition that uh, I mean, and for to do that. And I mean, I guess, you know. Spoiler alert, I auditioned for American Idol. And it's nothing like what you see on TV. I mean, it's like a cattle call. And it's almost kind of like how there's no way they can be finding the most talented people. Wasn't it at the Georgia Dome? It was at the Georgia Dome, yeah. When you have to audition for something and like, okay, we have to go to the Georgia Dome. And it's not like... The Tabernacle, yeah. <laughs> like or Buckhead Theater or something. Man, it was it was ginormous, <laughs> and I mean you could tell right away from the people that they were letting go through. They were looking for interesting. They weren't necessarily looking for. It was like you more sing? of a story yeah. rather than necessarily talent. I saw a dude who was dressed as Captain Morgan get a ticket to go through. You know, like um, I know there was a big controversy. Well, that. I didn't watch enough American Idol, but I know it was a big enough news story, a national news story where a celebrity spoke out about how people were voting. I know it was one year where it was like Fantasia, Jennifer Hudson, and one more singer. I forgot her name, but they were in like the bottom three for the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, and we, we know like how things have gone for Fantasia and Jennifer <laughs> Hudson since yeah. then, but they were almost eliminated and we may have never heard from yeah. them. Yeah. That happened. A lot of that had to do with vote splitting too. Cause yeah. you had like the people who would like them. Like there's like, they're one sect of people and you have three of the same people. So they had to vote for one of them because then once one of them had kicked off the show, the other one got all of like, then their votes go to, are divided between those other people. So that's why they always, 
you know, got low. I believe who was on that? That was the year that was that the year that Chris Daughtry was on there too. I have no, I have no. I can't clue. remember who they kind of all year. run together. Yeah. Like after Ruben, because the people who the people <laughs> who don't together. win usually do <clears throat> have done the best, except for Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, ex- yeah. like I I did watch. Like I think we were freshmen in college when that show started, and I watched a couple of episodes. And towards the end, like okay, um whoever wins i think they're both going to be have some kind of success i mean they're mm-hmm. both good uh kelly clarkson became a star superstar mm-hmm. justin guarini mm-hmm. um, don't know man. what happened to bob <laughs> like wow it's like man people they didn't I, take to him <laughs> yeah yeah they didn't take to him that was weird you know um and but then like later on like didn't Ruben Stutter win but then Clay Aiken became like kind of outsold him or something like that yeah Clay Aiken outsold him on the first record I think Ruben had more staying power like with his because he's like he's still actively putting out records while I think like the last I heard Clay Aiken's trying to be a senator so like I think he's abandoned you know he came out and he abandoned his music career um I have to say though like after that like other than a few artists like, you know, the Fantasias and the Jennifer Hudson's, the Chris Daughtry's, Adam Lambert, like, a lot of these people have been nameless. Yeah. Like, they're just TV stars, and, like, as soon as the show's over, and they sing their song, like, who are they? Like, it's, well, I guess Carrie Underwood would be the only other one I could think of that really became a mega star, but, like... This is how much I wasn't paying attention to American Idol. For the longest time, I thought Taylor Swift had been a contestant on there. Oh, she would have made it. Because I I didn't know where she came from, but I just assumed American Idol. Although Sanjaya was on there for a while, so maybe she could have made it a little bit. I don't know. (laughs) Once they start letting you bring guitars on, they're like, oh, she's she's got a cute voice. Like, I could hear Simon (laughs) saying that, but I think Simon would, I think he would reject her. I think he would be like, your voice is too weak. And I'll, I'll rip on Taylor Swift all day. Like, I'm a huge fan of her. She can't sing. Like she can't. It's, I don't know. It's disappointing. It's disappointing. I just say that much. We're gonna get an email set up that you can send all your hate mail. <laughs> and you know the singer from Lady Antebellum. She auditioned for American Idol and didn't make it either. There, are, I know there are a number of of singers who have had some success that auditioned mm-hmm. and didn't make it. She seems to hold no ill will. I mean, she came on the show and performed. So, yeah. Um, and another topic is like the reality competitions. Like, for example, The Voice. The Voice seems to be huge. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody from The Voice who well, I, there was I don't know. Javier I know Cologne. I know the judges. I know the judges, but I don't know any of the contestants. Javier Cologne won the first season, and ironically, I remember watching it when it first started, and everyone was really bad. <laughs> and he was the only good person. And like this was it was so funny. I was like it was at the big, the first episode of like the series and he was the only good person. I was like, geez, this guy's the only good person. He's probably gonna win. Like everyone else sucks and he ends up winning. <laughs> but then I was like, I knew I had seen him before. He had he was already a signed artist. Only he went that's by a, Javier. That's another thing. Like some of the that uh, like I feel like like not necessarily an advantage, like not like Jordan Sparks, who had a uh, a pro athlete father, but there have been people who have been signed to record deals and have put out albums mm-hmm. that end up being on these shows. Yeah, he had a video and everything crazy by Javier came out like in 2003. Crazy. I, um, 
for some reason, I think he looks like that guy. Uh, his last name is Bird. We heard him on a garage. Jeff band. Bird. Jeff Bird. Oh, man. He's still making music. <laughs> He's on Spotify. Which, you know, there was a very short-lived TV show. Uh, oh, the what, American what Idol it? band show? Yeah, it was oh. the band version of American Idol. Oh, that was awesome. That lasted one season. Yeah. One season. Oh, man. That was that was good stuff. And I think it was like a group of, it was a group of brothers, like, From they were like a folk right? band or something. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they were young, and it was during, you know, boy bands were still popular at the time. I think that's what helped them They win. were almost like a Nickel Creek, almost. Only like you know. Oh, I was thinking like maybe a Mumford and Sons. That too, yeah. They, yeah, they looked, yeah, like one played a banjo that had a dobro. Yeah, yeah, like the Jonas Brothers of like bluegrass. <laughs> like that's what they were like. <laughs> like it, it's hard to like. That's why it's hard for me to get into those kind of shows, man. Because there's like, also like a metal band full of like kids of like preteens. Yeah, I remember that. There was a there was a black rock band. Yeah. That, yeah, I remember that. They were called like Jackson Bridge or something. Yeah. It's a bridge in Philadelphia that yeah. they themselves out. I know yeah, they were from Philly. They were yeah. from Philly, I believe. So it, like there's another topic right there with these reality T V shows and it's just I it's hard for me to get behind them personally. Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, on the voice, I know who the judges are. I don't know any contestants. Uh American Idol all started to run together and mm-hmm. it all ran its course. I think I, I still think those kind of shows will be around. Yeah. Um, but as far as one show, you know, just, you can com- include that the short attention span of America. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to have those long running shows. Nothing's going to last for years and years. You're not going to have you're not going to have an American bandstand type show. Mm-mm. American bandstand was on the air for 37 years. I wish we could get something <laughs> like that, though, because. I mean, and I guess it is it, that is an American problem because there is a show you're probably familiar with later with Jules Holland, mm-hmm. and um, comes on the BBC. Um, excellent show, and it's it's like this huge soundstage where they've got like bands set up everywhere, and like they just like that, that's the one where there's the there's this video that I don't know it, it comes up every now I see it like maybe every six weeks somebody posts it on Facebook. Of like when Will Smith and and Jaden Smith were on there and they did the Fresh Prince and then and then um that that might be another British host but Will Smith started freestyling and Jaden Smith was there I think they're promoting um After Earth is that the name of that movie I've seen that movie (laughs) they're promoting that and so they started they started freestyling and DJ Jazzy Jeff was there I think and then Alfonso Ribeiro aka Carlton he came out there too. Um, and they and then they did you know the Carlton dance too. It's not unusual. <laughs> oh, I think that was Jules Hall. It might it might have been another host. No, yeah, Jules. Oh Holland no, is, that was Graham Norton. I was that, that was might Graham Norton. Norton. Yeah, because Jules Holland is strictly music. It's just like basically, it like they start the show and like the first band just plays and like it's like he all he does is really introduce the band and they play. They get done. Well, that's kind of like. Uh, like I said, like with an American bandstand type show, you can also include Soul Train into that. Mm-hmm. That's off the air. Um, I know. Uh, I was I saw infomercials for it when it was being sold on DVD. Midnight Special oh, from the seventies. That had all the um, that had a lot of Southern rock on it. I a lot of Southern like, rock, a lot of funk. There. Yeah, Heat Wave was on there. Heat, okay, yeah, I, okay. I remember Midnight Special. Steely Dan was on there. <laughs> They're playing tonight. Look, hey, y'all can YouTube Midnight Special. Like, that was another one of those shows. Um, instead of, like, 
afternoon after school or, you know, Saturday mornings like American Bandstand or Soul Train, this was like this was late at night, Mm -hmm. probably like after the Tonight Show or something. Um, I think there's another called Tony, Tony Kushner's Rock Concert, something like that. I'm not Um, familiar with that one. uh, It was kind of a series where they just showed live uh like concerts like live like clips from live concerts okay and they just compiled them together i think i think it was something like that or they or he had a set and then they were performed as kind of similar to midnight special um that'll be another topic looking back at these live performances like i read about american bandstand about the um controversy or how they were criticized because artists would lip sync their songs yeah and some some didn't some didn't. Some chose. Some really didn't want to do that. But a lot of them did lip sync mm-hmm. to a backing track because, <laughs> and you would see it too. Like, <laughs> okay, it'll be for it'll be like, I can't name anybody specifically on top of my head right this second, but it'll be like a solo artist. Let's, for example, let's take George Michael. Mm-hmm. If George Michael was on American Bandstand and he did Faith, and you know how Faith goes, mm-hmm. okay, uh, there's an acoustic guitar. In the song, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if there's any electric guitar in the song. There is. But if you had a backing band, there would be like two electric guitars. Like, I don't think there's that many parts. No. <laughs> there's there's a solo. And like, it's not even like, it's not even prominently featured. Yeah, you don't need two guitars for that song. You know, um, there was a, uh, you know, and, but I think on American Bandstand, it happened. You could see it and, it and it happened. But I think sometimes they at least if it was a band, they at least tried to make it look like they were playing. But uh, I wasn't sure when like the wireless guitar, like the, the wireless yeah. electric guitar. Yeah, made, like made it works. Yeah. Um, you saw a lot of that where it was like blatant that they were singing was on top of the pops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just you could tell it was just blatant, like. Okay, there there are no guitars in this song. That that's a keyboard. Those are synthesizers. Why does he have a guitar? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like actually playing it. <laughs> We're not nothing's coming out of that. Realism out the door. <laughs> uh, that's another one of those shows. Like Top of the Pops is the UK's answer to American Bandstand for those who um, are unaware of that. But um, yeah, I mean, just the the ins out of that. Like, we have endless topics. I think this first episode is about uh, all the topics, all the yeah, stuff we all the could things talk we about. Do. Yeah. Um. So, uh, uh, and I, different segments too, and things you know. Oh yeah, we'll we'll have some we'll have some segments. Um, there's kind of a couple I I I want to introduce in this first episode. Um, another another topic. I don't know how much we can get out of it because I'm not aware of a, a lot of it, but you introduced me to it a little bit are the, uh, the acapella groups mm. that then the kind of covers that they do. Um, what I was wanting to say earlier when I mentioned Coldplay, the Coldplay covers playlist I have, uh, there are a lot of acapella groups okay. <laughs> that, that do Coldplay songs. Yeah. I mean, I imagine cause I mean, their, their music's very, um, I don't want to say ethereal, but like very, their music is very melodical, yeah. very harmony driven. Um, and if you get, if you get an acapella group yeah. to really attack their songs. Yeah. So many layers yeah. to their songs. I do think, um, there's some people who probably underrate Coldplay. I really like Coldplay. 
Yeah, I, I think they were over. <laughs> what's sad is they were overshadowed at their own Super Bowl halftime yeah. performance by two artists who already had their own Super Bowl yeah. halftime performance. <laughs> I kind of I did feel bad about that. And honestly, my my I think with that they when they announced them as a Super Bowl halftime show. I think they looked at like polls and and different things and like just saw like oh crap I don't think that many people I think people aren't aware really of their up tempo songs yeah. kind of their happy songs mm-hmm. I've heard Romani Jones say well let's get ready to be sad yeah. because like people the songs that people know by Coldplay are their slower songs like, so upbeat I was yeah. waiting for them to play that like I love that song Adventure of a Lifetime uh, Sky Full of Stars mm-hmm. um, Paradise Paradise yeah you know, they they ended with that didn't they I think they did yeah. Um, and they had a medley of like other Super Bowl halftime performances mm-hmm. where they like took a lyric from a song that yeah. someone performed Super Bowl. I, I like that part too. Yeah. Um, there's another topic: live performances, not just with Super Bowls, but just with live performances. Um, in general, just in general, like who puts yeah. on good live shows? Who puts on a, who puts on a good live show? Which unfortunately nowadays is a, is a rarity. Yeah, I mean, like I went to see um. Uh, the foreign exchange mm-hmm. last week. It was at Terminal West. Uh, even though it's it's a it's one of the smaller venues. It's not Phillips Arena. <laughs> okay, uh, if you go to concerts, don't just limit your. If you live in a you know near a, mm-hmm. a major metropolitan area, don't just limit yourself to where the basketball team plays or the football team. <laughs> or the football team or the baseball team. <laughs> okay, like at at Phillips. Okay, there's going to be that's Rihanna. And Chris Brown, Justin Bieber. You would say Rihanna and Chris Brown. <laughs> I did. I did do. I did oh. do that. I mean, but I'm just going by recent. Like there was Rihanna concert like mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Um, Justin Bieber has been here twice in the last six months or something like that. Um, and then you have your next level, which is the Georgia Dome. That was that's Taylor Swift and Beyonce. Mm-hmm. And Beyonce is coming back here in like yeah. September. <laughs> uh, but don't just limit yourselves to those venues. You know, if you live in Atlanta or me or, or any I, major city, right? any major city, don't just limit yourself to where the sports teams play, because there are a lot of great venues. Like in it, if you live in Atlanta, a lot of great venues. I like Variety Playhouse. Mm-hmm. I like Terminal West. I like um, the Tabernacle. Yeah, the tabernacle, tabernacle is like that's where everybody yeah. it, like that's that is a good. That's a solid. That's venue. a that's a solid <laughs> video right there. Yes. Um, I would say the masquerade, right. but they're tearing it down. Yeah, I played <laughs> um, the masquerade once. That place is place is interesting. Like it's yeah yeah like you can have some because it's weird because like they have upstairs which is heaven and they have like the middle part which is purgatory and then they have the basement which is hell and it's like typically they put like all the crappy local acts in hell but then every now and <laughs> then <your> dues. <laughs> every now and then you'll get like a really big band that's like. A little what, too which one heavy was for, the one that was outside? Was that heaven? No, heaven's upstairs, like way at the top. What's so, the one that's outside? Um, the I don't know. Like every now and then they'll do a concert outside because I know they brought like Bush and Filter. Oh, I thought it, I thought it had a name. They just I think that was like a, they, that's a special occasion type thing. Maybe that's what they tore. That's what they tore down. Was that one or are they tearing down the whole thing? They tore down the whole thing. Okay, yeah. I know that they tore down the outside stage. Yeah, because they were trying um, to save it. I know the last time when we played there, like three, four years ago. They were already talking about tearing it down, and it's lasted this long. So I think maybe they had some people step in and save it or something. But like you can, and there's another topic right there: venues in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Uh, the only time I went to the masquerade to see a show, I saw Childish Gambino two years ago. Okay, did he play in Heaven or did he do the outside? The, the outside one. Oh, okay, I didn't. I thought that was. I didn't know what the no, name. Heaven's was. upstairs. I think like Pearl Jam played there in the nineties or something. Um, you know, uh, let's see, Terminal West, Variety Playhouse, The mm-hmm. Tabernacle. Um, uh, what's another one I've been to? Oh, you could go to that one in um, Buckhead Theater. I haven't been to a show yeah, at Buckhead, Buckhead Theater, Theater yet. But I, I see that's a really nice venue. As a matter of fact, you know, it's funny. The night that we played there, I believe, Bing, not Bing Crosby. Um, ah, the guy from Crosby, Stills, and Nash was playing there. No, no, um, Nash was playing there. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, also in in the Atlanta area, if you don't live in Atlanta, but you want the Gwinnett Center. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's it has a Is sponsored it name. Arena? It's a it has a sponsored name. Okay. It's like Energy First Arena. Oh, okay. Like no, yeah, yeah. I've, but basically don't limit yourself to the professional sports venues yeah. for your concerts. Cause oh, there, there are plenty of places. Yeah. Even check Eddie's out Eddie's Attic. Attic. I mean, they bring in and like every now and then you might get a surprise. Like John Mayer might pop in. David Ryan Harris might pop in. Um, insert famous artists here that plays acoustic shows. Well, might pop in like it happens from time to time. Or there may be a, like a place a little, like if you know, you might, you don't mind driving a little bit. We're not far from Athens. Yeah. 40 Watt 40, Club. Yeah. Georgia Theater. Georgia Theater. I saw Toro Emoy at Georgia Theater and Mute Math at 40 Watt Club. Mm, mute Math. Um, so, yeah, that would be another thing about not um, limit yourself with venues or just seeing live concerts in general. Um, well, I would say the Ford Exchange, they put on a very good live show. Um, very energetic. Fonte is. He's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he is about as funny a uh, person as he is as good a singer and rapper. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that that was a lot of fun. Um, and I think you're not going to see, um, you know, if you're limiting yourself to the big artists at the big arenas, I think you can, if you, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you're okay with uh, spending a lot of money on these seats, like I, Hey, if you want to spend a lot of money to have front row seats to see Beyonce, go for it. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dissing those people. I'm not dissing but either. It's- the people who just want to see Beyonce, but can't really afford to do it. And they're sitting, you know, in the upper deck, mm-hmm. you miss out on the intimacy of those shows sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I enjoy the smaller venues. I haven't been to a concert at Phillips or the George Dome. Nor have I. The biggest venue I've probably been to is, um, Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. I haven't even been to yeah. one there yet. I think that's where I saw, I'm fairly sure that's where I saw the Eagles. Um, and then I know I saw, I went to what Lakewood is what they mm-hmm. call it. Yeah. I saw train and a couple of people there, but yeah, like typically I do prefer the smaller, like if I can find like a smaller venue, I don't even like festival settings. Like I saw Muse in Centennial Olympic <laughs> Park and I mean like it was cool, but like it was really crowded. Good show, yeah. but really I mean, if, if, look, <laughs> if you're okay with crowds, go yeah. for it. But you know, if you're, you know, I, I enjoy like the small, mm-hmm. the smaller, intimate settings. You know, I've I can I like being right up front. Yeah, <laughs> so you can't really get that with the festival. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, what we can introduce? Let's let's make a segment okay. right now. Let's make one. Okay. Um, the pod, I wanted the podcast to have the word earworm in it, but I, but I couldn't make it work. <laughs> so, uh, I guess a song that, uh, if you know of a song that's kind of been, it's just like been in your head. 
or like you play it on repeat four or five times in a row mm-hmm. um, or a song that's so annoying that you keep listening to it. <laughs> uh, do you have do you have one of those? Let me see. Um, what have I been listening to? Um, you know what? This is this is um, all right. So are you familiar with the group DNCE? Did yes. that song Cake by the Ocean? Yeah. I went and checked out their EP. Um, I can't. I think it's just a self-titled EP. Yeah, it is. Um, and I've been listening to it a lot. Um, oh, actually, it's called Sway with Sway. two A's. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Sway. Um, they just released it as a single, Toothbrush. Mm-hmm. Sounds unlike any... I didn't... It just didn't seem like a song they would do. Um, I don't know. Like, I, like the first time I heard it, it almost sounded like a, like a song that John Legend could have done. Like a John Legend deep cut for some reason. Um, I've listened to that and I've listened to Jinx. But I've, I started... Like, I was obsessed with Jinx at first which has more of like a um I don't want to say the Mumford and Sons sound but like it has like that um we're going to put like a driving um like a driving strumming beat with just like a kick drum that's just steady like a 1 2 3 like it has that sound to it mm-hmm. it's kind of cool but Toothbrush I've been listening to a lot they just released it as a single I really love it I've been listening to it a lot like it's just it's something about it and I, I know it's I forget which Jonas brother it is I think it's Joe um who's the singer which that kind of have a summary. Yeah, it's Joe. Which kind of weirded me out because like they're all doing their own thing now, and I think Kevin's the only one that like hasn't been successful because he tried to be Usher when he's not Usher. Like why? And like Nick, and I feel like Nick's gonna like run the world now. Like now, now I'm starting to see that Nick was the talent of the group <laughs> because like he's he it's like he did it so effortlessly. Like when he released um, Jealous, it just blew up. Like he didn't even try. I just, you know, it just blew up. But to answer your original question, Toothbrush has been the song that has been on repeat for me. All right. So we're going to play Toothbrush. And that'll be our musical break. And then we'll try to wrap up this show. Okay. Let's see if we'll play. Maybe you don't have to rush. You can leave the toothbrush at my place. At my place. We don't need to keep it high. You could leave a toothbrush at my place, at my place Stuck in a limbo, half hypnotized Each time I let you stay the night, stay the night Up in the morning, tangled in sheets We play the moment on repeat, on repeat And you're standing there in your underwear my t-shirt from the night before With your messed up hair And your feet still bare Would you mind closing the bedroom door? Maybe you don't have to rush You can leave a toothbrush at my place At my place We don't need to keep it hush You can leave a toothbrush at my place I'm not afraid to 
time we meet I know you're coming home with me, home with me Sweat like a sauna, break up the ice I know you're gonna stay the night, stay the night When you're standing there in your underwear And my t-shirt from the night before Okay, that is Toothbrush by DNCE. Is it pronounced dance or is it they say all the letters? I always hear DNCE. I've never heard anyone say the whole thing. I just say dance. That's what I thought they were at first. <laughs> yeah, I thought like one of those uh, dubstep artists who like they have a name but they take all the vowels out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was one of those. Because I re- and I'm not gonna lie, and I'm eating my words. Um, when they first popped on the scene with um, Cake by the Ocean. I was like, ah, that song's not going to do anything. Like, my girlfriend was like, she was into it, man. She loved that song. And I was like, the song is garbage. It's not going to become a hit. And they said, Oh, I heard it, it in a commercial. Yeah, I heard it in a commercial. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, this ain't going nowhere. And then we saw them play it on New Year's Eve at the, um, is it still Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve? Or is it just Rockin' New Year's Eve now? I don't know. I think it's still under his production company. Oh, okay. Yeah, they played it on there, and those people went crazy. I was like, I guess it's a hit now. It's <laughs> 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 like, oh, God, they could have done so much better. But um, A song that has been, uh, that's kind of been an earworm for me. I actually like this song, and it's an artist I just started listening to um, a couple months ago. Well, according to Spotify, when I added it to a playlist, it was a month ago. <laughs> but it's this art. I'm not sure how his name is pronounced. It may be pronounced Zhu or it's the uh, spelled out Z-H-U. I've heard of him. Is he the dude with the dreads? The, I have no idea it. what he looks like. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I'm looking at Spotify. I'm looking for pictures. It just has his logo. But his name is Steven Zhu. Uh, he is a... DJ, um, I'm trying to see where he's from, but he's coming out with an album, but he's, he's had a lot of collaborations on it, on his album, on his EP recently. He's worked with Skrillex, okay. uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. So is he kind of like Luna that George. Calvin Harris vein? Uh, kind of. Or is kind more of. experimental? Almost more like a, um. Kind of, but he's trying to be more anonymous. Okay. So maybe he has. Calvin, maybe a little Calvin Harris production, yeah. but he's trying to be mysterious like Dead Mouse. Okay, that makes. I, I was trying to think of another person. Yeah. Um. So a song that I've been listening to a lot is a song he did with um, a song he did with Skrillex, and uh, this is band called They. Um, called Working for It, and um what uh <laughs> i've been listening a little more lately and as you may have heard already i i do drive for uber and uh, i picked somebody up in buckhead and it was on my playlist and like who is that and i told them who it was it's like oh man and they and they like made a note in their phone <laughs> to like oh i gotta remember to 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 get that song um so uh it's it's very catchy and um that's not it. I'm trying to. Oh, it was grayed out. That's not good. I know they didn't. Oh, come on. All right, hold it. Let me go back to my my list. It's gone. 
It was just there, and now it's off the list. <laughs> Hold on, I think I have it on my um. That's messed up. I think I have it on my iTunes. <laughs> like that was like I just pulled up in Spotify, and now it's gone. You gotta write them. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, let's see what else can what else can I tell you about? Well, of course, the Skrillex. We talked about we well we were talking about Skrillex before we started recording about top ten artists who change genres. <laughs> And Skrillex was number one on the list. So he was in an emo band or post hardcore, as they tried yes, to they call go. it. Whenever I hear post whatever, <laughs> make it make a, a genre <laughs> post R and B, like <laughs> post punk, like that's new wave. Okay, it's just new wave, you know. Um, post hip hop. <laughs> I think I think like some music here now that's considered alternative R and B or post R and B. I've also called it PB R and B. That's what that's what they PBR and B. That's like what that. the weekend is categorized as PBR. No, I, I got the weekend is all over the place. All right, I had it on my iTunes. Um, this is working for it by Zhu, featuring Skrillex and they. <laughs> Sorry, it's so loud. on his album Genesis series or might be an EP you um, never know nowadays right yeah I mean I, an album could be six songs mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, th- I guess it's an EP um, it has six songs on it yeah 
But in the seventies, that was a whole album because yeah. the songs were like twelve minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> if you were King Crimson, <laughs> early Genesis. <laughs> Um, but what we were talking about, and again, another to- this, the name of this episode is going to be endless topics. Yeah. <laughs> Cause there's a lot that could be covered. Um, is, uh, Ben was talking about a band to where it's a, you said it's a heavy metal band, heavy metal band with an R and B straight up, like pretty voiced, like singing all the melismatic and singing like, you know, vibrato R and B singer. Like I, oh, I wasn't you say King Crimson was the name of that song? Oh, no, King Crimson was um that's the no King um King's X King's X they're from the I think they're from like the late eighties they're metal yeah band but they too. had like but it was a black lead singer who had yeah. like an R and B he had a pretty voice yeah. almost an R and B kind of voice that that's what I was thinking of yeah I'll show you this band though but like he like I swear like he sings about like trading in his girl for like a Mercedes or something. like it's a <laughs> weird line like the first time I heard it like on my Spotify Discover playlist I was like this is I didn't believe it at first. I had to look it up and it was like R and B singer. Like he's credited as the R and B vocals. Like <laughs> on their album notes. I was like, all right. Uh another thing is with um if you have a Spotify account, follow your own Discover Weekly. They they make a, it's basically a mixtape of based on the stuff that you're already listening to, and that's how I've been finding a lot of new music over Me the too. last few months. Um that's how I found out about like really a, a lot of bands um, or a lot of artists. Uh, so don't, don't sleep on that. Um, Another thing I like yeah. to do as well. Um, and it's actually one of my favorite things to do because I can listen to music a lot of times while I'm at work. I like to go back and take like maybe like a one hit wonder from the nineties and just check out their album, the whole album on mm. Spotify, like check out the deep cuts. I actually found, um, Shout out to Georgia native uh, Jennifer Page. I found some songs on her album that I liked. Like just by checking it out, I was like, "Wow, this isn't bad." Like and that came out like what ninety eight, ninety seven. <laughs> that same thing for me with um, the Breakfast Club. Yeah. Not the movie, not the radio the show. Band. There was a band called the Breakfast Club. <laughs> Check out this, the the connections. Like the connections that happened with this. Okay. The Breakfast Club was a band. They started in like the late 70s. One of their former members was Madonna. She played the drums. <laughs> um, two other guys in the band. Um, I think his name is Stephen Bishop. I know, uh, he, he, co- he, co- he ended up co-writing a lot with Madonna on like, like a version. He co-wrote that. He became a drummer. He left the band, started his own thing, came back, and he became the drummer for The Breakfast Club. And he really kind of gave them like a really tight, drumming uh, really tight drumming that made like the the songs really tight um was he'll never be the same would you drum yes that? okay yeah, you, on that album <laughs> okay. down the house that had that um and he used to date madonna which is weird because the lead singer of the band dan gilroy also used to date madonna oh <laughs> so they were and then they were know, all the band together it was like weird but here's the thing that was weird to me if you were, if anybody remembers this, this aired on the Disney Channel in like the early '90s. Um, Mother Goose's Rock and Rhyme. I've heard of that, but I never watched it. Mother Goose's Rock and Rhyme is basically about like in this in this world of all the Mother Goose's characters, 
Mother Goose gets kidnapped and it's up to her son to find her. No one knew she had a son. His name was Gordon. And it was basically <laughs> based on this really obscure Mother Goose rhyme. I don't know if it's real or not. I haven't gone that far in the research, but apparently that's what they went with. It, he's this really obscure rhyme. Like, okay, there's Little Bo Peep and the Three Blind Mice and stuff like that. Oh, my. It was star studded at the time. Okay. It had like, <laughs> uh, Shelly, Shelly Duvall. As Lil Bo Peep, mm. Gene Stapleton was Mother Goose, Paul Simon was Simple Simon, Bobby Brown played the Three Blind Mice, what? Lil Richard was Old King Cole, um, uh, Gary Shandling and Terry Gar were Jack and Jill, <laughs> like Ben Vereen was the Itsy Bitsy Spider, like it was, oh, wow. <laughs> like it was star studded. The Disney Channel put this on. The Disney Channel put this out. Wow. The only person that I did not recognize was the one who played Gordon Goose, her son. <laughs> her son was played by Dan Gilroy, the lead singer of The Breakfast Club. I just figured that out like three months ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, oh, that's the same guy. And and the the movie looks like The Breakfast Club videos where it's like fisheye lens yeah. and everything's ex- all the sets are really exaggerated. Yeah, the videos are Like Pee Wee's Playhouse-esque. Mm-hmm. I, whoever did Pee Wee's Playhouse did these videos and probably that movie. Um, <laughs> if it wasn't like anybody in the band themselves, but, um, their album, the breakfast clubs album, um, right on track. I heard several times. I just didn't know who was by and then never be the same. Another weird video in which yeah. they're in an old folks home watching them uh, themselves yeah. in the past. Uh, they're really, really goofy. And I think they weren't really taken seriously as musicians. That's why that's the only album on Spotify mm. <laughs> or the only album I know of that they have on there. Um, Found that through discover, <laughs> but one hit wonders and listen to their whole album. Yeah. I may have to go back and listen to like, I mean, of course it's another episode. One hit wonders. We can make like a, we can make another podcast out of one hit wonders. Yeah. I don't know why Jane child just popped in my mind. Oh, <laughs> I should, cause I love, she is on my favorite solos playlist. Cause I love her synth solo and, um, don't want to fall in love. I should check that out. She was really talented. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I about her again, guys, the topics are endless. Um, what we're going to do, and probably by the time you hear the second episode, uh, we'll have a, we'll have like a Facebook page, um, uh, maybe an Instagram. Cause that's how people are promoting their podcast too, through Instagram. So we can get on that. Um, I don't know about Snapchat cause <laughs> I don't get it. I'm, I'm too old for Snapchat. I've I been on like. Snapchat for years <laughs> and I found out when I found out I was getting popular, I had to redownload it and it's not the same app. Like it's totally different now. Like you, you can easily screenshot stuff, and like you used to have to hold your hand on it, or yeah. it went away. Like all this, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 totally different now. I just follow my friends and look at them. I I downloaded it and I haven't tried to do anything <laughs> yet. I was like, maybe I should do it. Like I, I don't know, but maybe a Snapchat someday. Um, the the like I work at a radio station and some of the shows that I work on, uh, they have they all have a Snapchat and they're older than me, so you know what we might we might do? we might do a Periscope instead. Ooh, I do like Periscope. We might have a Periscope, um, but definitely a Facebook page and very likely an Instagram. Um, and you can follow me on Spotify. I'm Greg Hurd H U R D on Spotify. 
Ben, would you want people to follow you on Spotify? Uh, yeah, but I just, I can't remember my name. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm Ben Jammin Watts on Spotify. B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N Watts. Not a lot of me out there. <laughs> uh, so you can follow either of us on, on uh, Spotify. Look at the mini playlist. Most of mine are public. Uh, the ones that I have that um, I haven't put out yet, only because I don't feel like they're complete enough. Mm. They're not complete enough. I, like I said, I'm a curator. <laughs> curator with, with these playlists. But, um, yeah, this was... <clears throat> I think this is a very good first episode. This is a good starting point because we can, we can go anywhere with this. Yeah. Um, as far as our topics and then maybe we'll have people suggest topics. I mean, we don't want to get like watch mojo with just top 10 lists yeah. and not that could get boring. <laughs> it can get boring. And well, they're already doing that yeah. <laughs> and they do take suggestions, but I don't agree with some of their list. Um, no, me either. One one that really bothered me was their like top ten hottest female athletes, and who was number one? I don't I don't remember. And I think it was like Alex Morgan or or uh, Anna Kornikova or something. Yeah, maybe ten years ago. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't remember, but I think there was only one black woman on there, and it was Layla Ali. Mm. I I mean I know like I didn't. I don't understand how, but I know Serena Williams is very divisive. Mm-hmm. Is it, Well, not divisive. That's not the word I want to use. Polarizing. Maybe? Polarizing. <laughs> a very yeah. polarizing um, figure in terms of looks. But she didn't do it for me, really. Um, yeah, but yeah. So we're not going to be like watch Mojo with the with our with our any of if we do any list. But we may take suggestions for episodes. But um don't get too obscure because that means we got to do research and then take time out of our schedules. <laughs> I mean, we're already taking time out of our schedule to do this podcast. <laughs> I'm supposed to be at work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think this is something we can have a lot of fun with. Um, so, uh, by the time you hear this podcast, we'll be asleep. Or by the time you hear this podcast, we're at work. I'll likely be at work. Yeah. By the time you hear this podcast, the next song is being, I'm trying to be so philosophical right now. (laughs) It's not really working. The next great Canadian artist. (laughs) That's another topic, not Canada, just Canada in general. As far as music goes, like two of the biggest stars are Canadian Bieber and Drake. Never made it as a wide. Oh, well, well the weekend. So that's three, three artists from Canada. Um, bet y'all didn't even know. Yeah. And then, you know, did you know that then there's bare naked ladies and Atlanta's more set and like, it's, it could be Nickelback, endless with some 41. Unfortunately, Nickelback. Yeah. You know, I, that could be an episode just on Nickelback. Nickelback. Like why do people hate Nickelback? What made them popular? Uh, it's kind of weird. I mean, like I said, the, the topics are, are endless, but Nickelback is always, interested me mm-hmm. because wait why are they hated now is it so well do they because their songs may sound the same uh, basically a lot of people hate them because of that and you hate like, chad kroger's hair chad kroger basically <laughs> admits that he does this in a formula because i mean like if you if if you're out there listen to their first couple of records they sound nothing like they used to and then someone came along and said hey stop screaming <laughs> 
And that's when they got famous. <laughs> I, you know, that's kind of like with uh, with Buster Rhymes. Um, you know, when he was in Leaders of New School and mm-hmm. when he first came out and I, Ooh, I got you all in check. He was wild, wild and crazy. But then somebody's like, Buster, man, and the, the ladies aren't going to come to you, you know, if you scream and then wilding out like yeah. this. And then um, put your hands where my eyes can see. He changed his whole, he changed his style, and and it and you know ended up working out for him. So I mean that's another thing we talk about changing mm-hmm. styles and, and that kind of thing. So again, the topics are endless. Um, that's going to do it for this first episode. I, I feel very good about this. Likewise. <laughs> so by the time you hear this podcast, it might be over. That didn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure something out. That's it. All right. Peace. Peace.